When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. This, this, this is the Rich Eisen Show. Live from the Rich Eisen Show studio in Los Angeles. Your fighting tigers are national champions. I'm too hood. I'm too ghetto. Y'all told me that all year. But when other people do it, y'all don't say nothing. Honestly, I have no idea. I was just trying to get to the handshake line. Earlier on the show, Kansas State guard Marquise Noel. 49ers tight end George Kittle. Coming up, Academy Award winner Matt Damon. And now, it's Rich Eisen. Well, hey everybody, hour number three of the Rich Eisen Show is on the air. What a great first two hours that we've had. Great chats with Marquise Noel of Kansas State Basketball. He thinks UConn has the edge tonight. Uh, and is the 34th, my gosh, anniversary of Michigan cutting down the nets against Seton Hall. Brian Dutcher was an assistant on Steve Fisher's staff on that night. He can cut down the nets tonight against UConn, which... Uh, to just tell you how crazy things are. That was a Big East team back when uh, Steve Fisher's Wolverines cut down the nets against Seton Hall. Look yeah. at that photograph. Put that up one more yeah, time. Yeah, I can see that. No, no, there's, yeah. there's, there's Susie's favorite guest, Brent Musburger, yeah. interviewing Steve Fisher at the moment. I'm here. In that CBS Sports Blazer. Rich, the Big East will never die. 34 years ago tonight. Rich, think about what That's you said earlier about this. Do you feel like Steve Fisher in today's world does not get the credit that he oh, probably d- deserves well, for what he correct. did? And he'll be there tonight. He'll stroll down memory lane tonight. And it's, and it would be huge for San Diego State, obviously. Oh. Anybody wins tonight. Uh, Matt Damon's going to be joining us um, in about 20 minutes' time. Uh, Air is in theaters near you on Wednesday uh, great chat with Matt Damon upcoming right here on the show. We already also spoke to George Kittle, who surprised everybody um, at uh, WrestleMania. Yeah. Um, there are some perfect guests in the world, and she's always a perfect guest. But coming off of the Women's National Championship game yesterday, and we're in the middle of Pro Day circuits, it's the draft month. And so who better to talk about both than somebody who is with NFL Network and me and the rest of the crew for uh, the Combine? She was at Will Levis's Pro Day on that front. And also, in terms of talking about the national championship game, uh, she played in one. It was the first time Oklahoma had ever made the Final Four when she helped lead them there. Her number 21 is hanging in the rafters currently at the Lloyd Noble Center in Norman, Oklahoma. Third overall pick of the 2002 WNBA draft, who also happens to be just a great human. This just in. She's from Canada. <laughs> Stacey Dale is back here on the Rich Eisen Show. How are you doing, Stacey? Hey, hey. hey, what's up, Rich? Hey, guys. Great hey, to be with hey, you. Hey, Stacey. What's up? What's going on? I mean, I thought I'd bring some Canadian heat to the conversation. 
<laughs> All right. Uh, so let's just jump right into it, Stacy. Let's let's. Uh, I'll give you the dealer's choice. You want to talk about the way the game was played, or the way what happened towards the end of the game uh, with Angel Reese? Which one? Which one is you know leaps out to you more from yesterday? Yeah, for as a former player, Rich, it's it's the way the game was officiated. I mean, I I love what you know. We can jump on Twitter and go down the rabbit hole and see everybody's takes. I, I love that. Uh, you know, when these when these young women go to the WNBA, I hope they would be on my team. I mean, Angel Reese is phenomenal. She's a double-double machine. Caitlin Clark, the best player in the country for a reason. Like, I, it, it's insane how good they are, and I would hope any either one of them would be on my team and do what they did, and whether they're, you know, flashing fingers in front of their faces or, you know, getting the crowd involved, but you want to see it. I love it. Um, the officiating for me was, was the issue. So it just seemed to me just from from the from jump it it, it was all yeah. there was tons of whistles uh, uh I'm wondering what you know what you were thinking as you were watching this game unfold and the fouls started piling up on all the stars in this game I'm literally shocked and I tweeted that rich I mean listen as a former player who has played in this game and knows what it takes to get to this game to see your best players, like I, I'm tuning in not only as a fan of, of women's basketball and somebody who played it, but to see these superstars. Like to watch Angel Reese sit on the bench because she gets two fouls in the first quarter is insane to me. And the second one, she made a great basketball play, deflects the ball off of an Iowa player, and it's possession up for LSU. I, I just. For Caitlin Clark to get three fouls in the first half of this basketball game, and listen, if I'm an official, and I used to, I was a captain, Rich, on pretty much every team I played on, mm-hmm. whether it was in college or the WNBA, you want to have conversations with officials. And if, if, if it wasn't involving me and it was a teammate, I'm walking over, I'm saying, listen, what do, what do we need to do better here? How can we improve this? My coach is doing the same thing. For Lisa Bluter, the coach of Iowa, to come out after the game, I thought quite eloquently and, and say like, we couldn't have a conversation with these three officials was so shocking to me in such a huge momentous game. It, we have more eyeballs than we ever have on, on women's basketball because of how good the basketball is and these superstars that are in the making. Um, and I, I haven't even got into the technical foul. It, it, to me, I've always been a player. I always was a player, Rich. Mm-hmm. And if I don't play now, so I can say these things. Like, if I was still playing in the WNBA, I ain't coming on your show and, and saying this. <laughs> right. Because these, these officials are, are refing at the professional level as well. And, you know, Lisa Jones uh, is a very good official. She was on this crew. Uh, she's very communicative on the floor, super even keel. She didn't actually make the technical foul call in the third quarter on Caitlin Clark. Um, it was Spurlock Welsh, I believe, um, I think to say her first name is Pilani. Mm-hmm. Um, and I don't even know where to start. If you team me up better, maybe I can get myself there. But <laughs> Well, it just, it just struck me the, the, the explanation after the game didn't make sense yeah. based on, you know, the rule that they were enforcing because there was already a a delay of game penalty. It's just like, why are we doing this? Like, what are we doing here? Yeah. Like, this is the championship on the line, Stacy. you know? And, and, and again, like I, I understand both teams had foul trouble and, and, and I guess you got to call it when you see it. I mean, we've had this conversation at the Super Bowl coming off the Super Bowl, as you know, with James Bradbury, do you call it yeah. when you see it? We had that San Diego state um, free throws towards the end of its elite 
eight uh, contest and they're they're winner to make the final four. Do you make that call? Do you not? Uh, I understand you got to call the way you see it, but good lord. Um, okay. You know yeah. that's that's my tee up, I guess. On it, we're you know? talking about discretionary calls. So I texted with a couple of officials that are active um, officials, basketball officials, right now. As soon as it happens, uh-huh. not a chance in hell they're making that technical foul call, unless it's egregiously insulting, or there is some sort of um, intentional physical violation uh, with players or staff members. Or like you're talking about my mama or something like that, you're not making that call. This is a discretionary decision. So I'll take it a step further, right? So Lisa Jones, I believe, was the head official, so she made the statement to justify the call, right? She yes. referenced, uh, I believe, it was Rule Ten, uh, Section Twelve <laughs> in the uh, the rules book uh, three. I believe the, I want to say the article is three K, Rich. Sure. So Rule Ten, if you go actually look at NCAA rules. Rule 10 is fouls and penalties. When you go specifically to Section 12, it is technical fouls. So they go to Section 12 and they cite basically that she, you know, she didn't, uh, you know, immediately pass the ball to the nearest official after the whistle was blown after the warning six minutes previous. Right. So the previous warning was at around the 7.30 mark in the third quarter because I'm sitting here watching. I'm like, why would they give them a warning? This is ridiculous. So with just just about a minute left in the third quarter, we're talking about a nine-point championship basketball game, right? The momentum has swung a little bit. Now, LSU was the better team. I thought they should have won the game, right? Iowa had a better, the best player in the country. LSU had a better team. I thought they would win it. They did. But if you want to go down this rabbit hole, Rich, then you better go down, scroll down the rule book about, I don't know, 10 more lines to Article 4, and you know where I'm going with this which is bench technical foul. (laughs) Well, I mean, uh, somebody's got to be on the bench, I guess, as opposed to on the floor. Is that where you're going on on this front with Kim Mulkey? Now, listen, Kim Mulkey's a very animated coach. She always has been. I played against her when I was at Oklahoma, and she was at Baylor. And she's always been that way. A lot of coaches coach that way. She's very animated, colorful, um, enigmatic. I mean, there's so many ways to describe her style on the sidelines. But if you're going down the rule book rabbit hole, then you've got to be consistent in that. And bench technical fouls under Article 4, the subheading is the head coach is responsible for the conduct and behavior of all bench personnel. Now, jump on Twitter and tell me you can't see Kim Mulkey make contact with an official or, you know, use some sort of body language to uh, to to basically suggest that the, the officials are incorrect. There are a dozen under that, under Section 4A, there are a dozen different incriminating ways in which the bench can get a technical foul. Mm. So my point being, I don't want technical fouls. I don't want coaches to get them. I don't want players to get them for dropping a basketball. When, when, when this official made that call, Rich, you go back and look, he was 10 feet away from yeah. Caitlin Clark. Yeah. Okay, so Caitlin Clark drops the ball behind her, which, by the way, spin back into the field of play if you actually watch it. She drops it to the baseline. She gets in the huddle with her team, who has just had its second-best scorer in Monica Sonano get her fourth foul. Okay? Now you've got your two best players, your two top scorers with four fouls. Listen, I'd rather see Caitlin Clark go up and make a basketball play to get her fourth foul 
and clobber somebody then in a you know in a non-intentional way but right. clobber somebody to get that fourth foul then give them a give them a discretionary technical foul which absolutely even though LSU was going to win destroyed the momentum of this basketball game with a minute to go in the third quarter in a nine-point scoring game. Yeah, I, I, just, it, I was blown away. Stacey Dale's here on the Rich Eisen Show. So uh, just to revisit again the way that everything ended, um, do you think there uh, – and I'll, I'll tee up on this. Do you think there's a double standard between uh, women and men with the competitive level? Um, and yeah. that, you know, that, that uh, again, Joe Burrow pointed to his ring finger, you know. Um, yeah. Right. So I'll give you the floor on, on that. I mean, go for it, Stacey. I cover the NFL. I mean, I'm standing down there watching these men play a violent sport. And if you don't think emotions are coming out, I played against Diana Taurasi. She's the greatest competitor I've ever played against because she had that moxie. She, she has that moxie. She's still playing. Like, you can't play at the highest level if you don't have some it factor. So um, you know, to say that, you know, this, this stuff at the end of the game, like why should we we see women do this at 20 years old? Come on people. It's 2023. This is really good basketball, great basketball and let them play the game. I love it. I want to tune in to see it. And as far as the discretion between the men and men's and women's game. Yeah. You don't think there's trash talking going on and taunting going on all the time in both, both realms. You're foolish. Like this, it's real. Um, it's it's good. It's competitive. And when you're in the heat of the game, it happens. Stacy Dales, and before before you just give a, a quick um, you know conversation about the NFL, you you fouled out of your national championship game, 2002 against UConn. You got fouled out in that game. Yeah, I did, and and it you know I'll, you'll never forget it. Like you, you don't forget it, and it it has nothing to do with my feelings on this particular 37 foul call game, which is the <laughs> title game record. Right. Um, but yeah, I did, and and two of the calls I could honestly say, Rich, they were hogwash, and like. You never want that to decide a game. Connecticut was supposed to beat us. I don't know if we're going to see a team like that ever again with Sue and, and Diana and Swin and all the greats that they had. They were amazing. They should have beat us and beat us good. But if I'm in the game, we still, you know, we're, we're a good team. I, I was a decent basketball player. Yes. Like, <laughs> you know, one of, the, one of the calls in particular was a spin move to the baseline with a left-handed layup in which I got charged, called for the charging call on a, on a player that was coming across the lane trying to defend me. It was an and one, and I got, it got sent the other way. It was a game-defining moment. Like, you don't forget those things, and I just hate to see a championship game like we saw yesterday in any way be involved in official determinations. I don't think the ultimate outcome of the game was, Rich, but I think to see Angel Reese on the bench in the first half and Caitlin Clark, not okay for me. Is hogwash a four-letter word in Canada, Stacey? It's a polite way of saying other words that <laughs> I could say. Okay, very good. Uh, before I let you go, um, you are all over the pro day circuit. You're all over the field for the combine. You hear way more than you report because mm-hmm. you are a lead pipe wielding professional. Who do you believe the Carolina Panthers have traded all the way up to one to go get Stacey Dales? Yeah, I think CJ Stroud, Rich. I mean, I, I was at Will Levis's pro day. I saw the way they interacted with him. And there's a lot of, you know, there's a lot of showmanship and smoke and mirrors at this time of year, as you know. Let's mm-hmm. not be naive to that. But um, I think the Carolina Panthers to send 
really for every quarterback, Bryce Young included, um, Anthony Richardson, Levis and Stroud, and let's not forget Hendon Hooker, right? Right. Um, to send, you know, an entire onslaught of, we're talking like 10 high-ranking officials, coaches, staff members to every one of these days. They know these guys inside and out. I just think Stroud brings the size maybe they're looking for in addition to the pocket presence. If I I know Frank Reich well, the head coach, uh, in studying him over the years, based upon the reaction I saw at at C.J. Stroud's pro day, uh, I think it was pretty magnetic. But listen, we'll see. You know, Bryce Young doesn't have a lot of error-type things in plays in college. And, you know, it's, it's interesting to talk to people and, and have them say, like, scouts around the league when I'm at these pro days, you know, Bryce Young's workout was solid. C.J. Stroud's workout was solid. Um, very mistake-free. But you're getting that. Didn't have a lot of batted balls, and that's another thing from the college game that I didn't hear a lot about mm. Bryce Young, right? Despite the size concerns and the criticisms. Um, my dogs are going crazy. Here, I right? love it. I love it, Stacy. Yeah. You know, you're 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 a, you're a dog. You you might love dogs more than everything else on planet Earth. I understand that about you as well. Yeah. So, uh, give me your favorite Anthony Richardson story that you've picked up over the last few weeks because uh, he could be he could be that number one in in that nobody sees coming. You know. Yeah. Besides the athleticism, the prowess, the physical specimen he is. I mean, he's a, he looks like a linebacker. I would just say the person he is getting to talk to him individually, one-on-one, Rich. He is an absolute delight. Uh, The fact that he raised his younger brother, basically, with his mom, and, you know, they bounced around and didn't have money, and and his story, as he told me about his childhood, uh, and then to become the man he is and, and really be not just a brother, but almost a father figure to his younger brother, who I believe is seven years younger, Uh, you know, it's kind of stuff that when you're standing with somebody, you get tears in your eyes, and then you know what a team is getting in the NFL. I, I, I cannot wait to see where he gets drafted because they're getting a great one. Stacy, you're the best. Thanks for the time. You're, um, you know, it's always a delight chatting with you. Let's uh, maybe have you back on before the draft. We'll, we'll talk more about what's coming up in Kansas City, and thanks for your thoughts on what happened in Dallas yesterday. Appreciate it. Love to. Thanks for having me, Rich. The one and only Stacy Dills right here on the Rich Eisen Show. That's what's called a perfect guest for the, the uh, moment. Perfect. The first Monday here in April. Let's take a break. Matt Damon, the man who plays Sonny Vaccaro, signing Michael Jordan in the movie Air. Can't wait to chat with him or show you what we've talked about coming up. Let's talk O'Reilly Auto Parts, people. Or as you might know from their jingle, O-O-O O'Reilly Auto Parts. They're in the business of keeping your car on the road. O'Reilly Auto Parts offers friendly, helpful service and the parts knowledge you need for all your maintenance and repairs because you know when you need your car fixed, you need somebody who knows what they're talking about and is helpful, has a smile on their face, and gets you back on the road. They've got thousands of parts and accessories in stock, either in-store or online, so you never have to worry if you're in a jam. The team at O'Reilly Auto Parts can test your battery for free in or out of your car. If it needs to be replaced, they'll help you just... Find the right battery for your vehicle. Need your windshield wipers replaced, a brake light fix, or a quick service? They'll help you find the right part or point you to the nearest local repair shop for help. Whether you're a car aficionado or an auto novice, you will find the employees at O'Reilly Auto Parts knowledgeable, 
helpful, and the best of all, friendly. Stop by O'Reilly Auto Parts today or visit us at O'ReillyAuto.com slash Eisen. That's O'ReillyAuto.com slash Eisen. Let's talk game time. Boy, do we love using game time tickets at the Rich Eisen Show. And every single time I've been watching the basketball playoffs on TV, I've been wondering what it would be like to be at these games. And when you choose your tickets on game time, you can see the view from your seat, where the court is, where you are in relation to it. And then the all-in prices, that's my favorite feature. The all-in prices makes sure that you see the lowest price guarantee and also know exactly how much everything costs all in before you purchase. So all the guests is removed when you buy playoff tickets with game time download the game time app create an account and use my code rich for twenty dollars off your first purchase terms apply visit gametime.co for restrictions again create an account redeem my code r-i-c-h for twenty dollars off your first purchase download game time today last minute tickets lowest price guaranteed Back here on the Rich Eisen Show radio network, sitting at the Rich Eisen Show desk, sitting here on uh, the Roku channel feed as well. We're live, furnished by Granger with supplies and solutions for every industry. Granger is the right product for you. Call clickgranger.com or just stop by. This weekend on the Roku channel, we had the Rich Eisen Show March to the Max special. We had uh, uh, Sonny Vaccaro in studio, and we had Ben Affleck on a Zoom. He's directing the film Air based on Sonny Vaccaro signing Michael Jordan to a game-changing for Michael and Nike and everybody else contract to uh, Nike. The man who plays Sonny Vaccaro is Matt Damon. We chatted with him. This was all on our March to the Max special, and we are giving you the full conversation right here. Here's uh, Matt Damon on our program. Joining me here now is the star of Air, um, and you can catch it in theaters on Wednesday, April the 5th, he is the man who plays Sonny Vaccaro, who closes the deal in air. Spoiler alert, they get Jordan. Matt Damon joining me here on the Rich Eisen Show. Good to see you, Matt. Good to see you, Rich. Um, it's an incredible movie. Congratulations. It's really special, brother. Thanks. Congrats. Thank you, man. Thank you. Yeah, we're really happy with it. Um, it kind of fell in our laps um, less than a year ago, actually. I think we called Amazon about it in early April, and we were shooting it by June um and you know it was finished uh you know by the end of the by the end of the year and we've just been kind of waiting to to roll out with it so so we it, it was just it's such a great story you know and it's kind of our vintage um you know we i mean i i just remember you know jordan and what that meant to everybody and and uh and and it, so there's all this stuff about this story that i didn't know that i thought that i found really interesting and it's just one of those scripts that you re every time i read it i would i would be like oh I'm here for an hour and a half now because I'm not going to put this down. I just go right. through the whole thing because it really is a fun story. Well, the movie felt like it lasted five minutes. I mean, that's that's how that's how I felt. And then also, you know, the sign of a good I don't know if you want to call it a sports movie, but a sign of a good sports movie um, is where you clearly know the ending and you're still on the edge of your seat. I like I, yeah. I know as I said at the top spoiler alert they they signed Jordan yeah. I, I knew I knew this was going to happen but I was on the edge of my seat about how it was going to happen I really love that yeah yeah it, I think you know it's just the script it was really did a really good job of of you know that's what I mean about not being able to put it down it really was a gripping 
a gripping story. And sometimes movies can do that. You know, we all know the boat sinks in Titanic, but um, we all we all sat all the way through that one, too. You know, well, um, I think I was going to go. I was going to go like we, we we knew they win the miracle on ice in Miracle. You know, I was I was going to sure. you know what I mean? But I was on the edge of my seat to see how that was actually going to play out. You know? Yeah. Yeah. And I think and look, I mean, I, that was. The, you know, the other side to this was Ben went down and sat with MJ um, <clears throat> because we really needed his blessing. Like if he said, look, guys, don't touch this, please. We, we wouldn't have done the movie. I mean, there, you know, um, and uh, but but his the, 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 the direction that he gave us, which is kind of amazing kind of coming out of that meeting was were a few things. He said George Raveling was the first person he heard about Nike uh, from and was in his ear about it. And Howard White. Um, who and and neither of those characters were in the script that we read. Huh. Um, and and then the final thing that he said was um, he talked really, you know, Ben was really moved by the way he talked about his mother and um, and how what an impact and what a powerful force she was in his life and and through this time and and uh, you know what a heady thing to be twenty one years old and trying to negotiate. I mean, it's just imagine you know imagine what a lot of these athletes have to contend with they're making these really consequential decisions about the rest of their lives and, and michael said to ben at one point you know I, I, hey he goes i, I would have done the whole thing for the car you know because in the, <laughs> in the in the movie there's this thing he wants a red mercedes and and his mother just knows better she goes like I, i'll make a deal for the mercedes it's going to be forgotten next year you know but what we need is this you know and, it, and it, so it just becomes this incredible story about his mother and 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 it was in that meeting that Ben asked him, you know, who, sh you know, if, if I could, you know, if you could choose who to play your mother. And before he finished the sentence, Michael said, Viola Davis. He did. So Ben called me, he goes, yeah. So Michael really gave us not Ben came out of that meeting going, okay, I got great news and I got bad news. I go, okay, well, give me the great news. He goes, I know exactly what the movie is and, and what to do. Uh, he goes, I'm going to call Chris Tucker because we wanted to work with Chris forever. Okay. Um, and, and Chris is going to bring him on. Chris is also a great writer, so he can help us build this character. Um, and then and he goes, I said, what's the bad news? He said, we got to get Viola Davis or we can't make the movie. And I was like, you got to get Viola Davis, dude. That's like saying you want Michael Jordan on your basketball team. You know what I mean? Like she's an American treasure. Um, but, uh, but we, so that was really, we, we spent about a month, I guess, just rewriting and, and working on the screenplay and really trying to, you know, we had done that before with Goodwill Hunting. We, we really wrote a part that we knew we couldn't get the movie made without a movie star. And so that, that Robin Williams part, we used to call it the Harvey Keitel part because in Reservoir Dogs, we had heard very famously that that movie got made because Harvey Keitel said yes. Mm -hmm. And so we said, we, we need a Harvey Keitel part because we need somebody to get this movie greenlit because they're not going to do it for us. Um, and so we kind of was back to the drawing board for us. It's like, all right, we gotta, we gotta make a character that's worthy of, you know, our, our country's best actress. Um, and so, uh, so, so that was what we we kind of set about doing, and thankfully she said yes, and she's obviously incredible in the movie. So, did did Ben or did you tell her you were the handpicked choice of Michael Jordan to play his mother? Was she aware? I of think that? Ben told her that. She says she doesn't remember that because I, I think she she blocked it out. She said it was too much responsibility. <laughs> yeah that's viola um, davis too much response that is amazing i know it's like she's so brilliant in the movie too and and uh 
she's just great and just great to work with. And, um, you know, and actually we had this wonderful thing, which was um, her husband, Julius Tennant, is a great actor. And, mm-hmm. you know, they're big heavy. You know, they they produce the Woman King together. They're they're kind of, you know, they're Hollywood heavy hitters. You know, they're royalty. Um, but Ben cast Julius as James, as um, Dolores's husband, Michael's father, James. And and uh, and he said he said, you're not going to believe this. He goes, not only is Julius the best actor for the party, goes he goes because they're married, no matter what. And no matter what they show up with that day, it's going to be right. He's like, if they're in the middle of a fight, if they're in the middle, you know what I mean? It's like, if he didn't take the trash out that morning, you know what I mean? It's like, yeah. it's going to be, there's so much. And they're able to, to just, you feel them as a couple in the movie. It's really pretty great. You know, and it's pretty cool, Matt, too, that um, you see this movie and it's, it's kind of perfectly timed. I know I'm, I'm changing sports here, but the whole conversation about Lamar Jackson right now is that his mother is his agent. And the way it's portrayed, you know, in the sports media, it's kind of like, you know, uh, Will Ferrell in the basement screaming for the meatloaf, you know, in uh, in Wedding Crashers. But you you see here, though, that Michael's mother makes one of the most key sports decisions in this film or sports business decisions in this film of, you know, the latter part of the 20th century and i don't think i'm, yeah. I'm overstating it I, right here. i don't think you can overstate it you know and and she understood what her son's value was and 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 look i mean i think it's a it's a very unsung role in a lot of these athletes lives are the mothers in fact the original ending of the movie ben had over the credits you know there i don't want to give too much away there is yeah. you know you you see mj uh you know in all his brilliance in the towards the end of the movie and all the footage that we've all seen uh but you see a speech of his over the credits um but ben had originally there he had found when he were researching so many speeches of these athletes when they're given an award they they start to talk about their mothers and it was one after another you know the famous one with kevin durant wayne wade all these amazing athletes who really, really kind of, uh, you know, they put their mother in the central, you know, st- narrative of, of of their lives because they say this is this is why I am here. I would never have been here without her. And so, so I'm glad the movie is a, you know, it it it's a it it uh, I think it pays homage to to that central role in, in 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 a lot of people's lives, a lot of athletes' lives. Did you always think you were playing Sonny Vaccaro in this when you were reading the script? Did you always think that I, you were doing I, that? You know, Ben got the script and I was like, who do you want me to play? You know, you want me to mm-hmm. play Phil? Do you want me to play Sonny? Do you want, you know, what do you, what do you want to do? And I, I think he, he went, you know, he was directing it. So he, he okay. was, that is a lot of work as you know. And um, so he took the, he, he gave me the bigger acting job and, mm-hmm. and, uh, and took the supporting role because he was, he was, had his hands so full as a director. It's also hard to direct yourself. You know, you really end up relying. I've done it, you know, with, Clooney a, a couple times and that with Ben, it, it, it's uh, you really need to rely on uh, on your on the people you're performing with to kind of, you know, uh, tell you that you're, you know, to give you notes and say, you know, hey, do less, do more. Um, no, it's working. Um, it, you know, it's, it's tough to direct yourself. I'm, I'm chatting with Sonny Vaccaro uh, for this show, Matt. And, Great. Um, and I saw the photos of you standing there on the set as him with him. Um, what did you, what's your favorite Sonny Vaccaro story that you got? Well, I, I think Matt. he's such a lovely guy. I don't know how well you know him. I, I, he is just such a lovely 
guy. And uh, he just, what was so clear is how much he cares about the players, how much he loves the game. Like he really loves, deeply loves the game, but really loves the players too. And, um, and that, and in this time, in this era, you know, because kind of this, after this whole deal was put together, the, the whole thing kind of descended kind of famously into acrimony and people were fired and they, you know, and left the company, you know, and, and, what Sonny really said to me uh, again and again, I think it was kind of the thing he really wanted me to understand was that this time, the, the time that this movie is about was, um, was really a joyful time for everybody, for all of them. He was like, we were all friends. Like they knew they were at this company that, you know, Nike was a weird company in the sense that, you know, they had these rules and they had the, you know, it's like uh, live off the land. You know, they had all these kind of crazy rules but that now seem commonplace in companies right they all have mission statements and all but like nike was it really was meaningful and that came from phil knight and and uh you know they were kind of they were outsiders and and they were they were rebels a little bit and and um you know and that was one of the fun things about looking back at 1984 i didn't remember that nike was the third place shoe like i of course remember the converse weapon and and larry and magic and all those commercials um but it was just right then that 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 this deal got put together and it just revolutionized everything the way ads were i mean everything it was just so huge and and these guys all like talking to sonny about it i, I mean he's justifiably really proud that he was a part of this and you know when we you know we didn't work with nike during the movie we didn't talk to them because we, we didn't want it to be you know, it's not a commercial for Nike and we didn't right. want that association. You know, I mean, it's, it's very kind to Nike, I would say overall. And like, so the last thing we wanted is to be accused of uh, doing a two hour commercial. Cause that's not why we made the movie. But when, uh, when eventually Ben talked to Phil, funnily enough, Phil said the same thing after he said, we were all friends and, and uh, you know, it's kind of like these guys are in their eighties now. And, and you wonder about that. And it really, Ben and I talked a lot after it was like, holding grudges right and 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 you know kind of you know rob strasser passed away after a few years after this all happened and Mm -hmm. he had left and gone to adidas and you know it had been this great betrayal to to phil and you know what i mean it's kind of then you get you get 30 years past it and you go oh man god those were good times and 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 we were friends and why you know it really made Ben and I, it steered us into a conversation about letting go of some of those, those old uh, grudges. Well, I mean, again, it's just, uh, I, I know you have kids, I have kids, my kids want to wear, you know, Jordans, Air Jordans, Jordan ones, they, cause it goes with what they wear. I mean, and, 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 and just seeing, I'm going to show this movie to them. You know, because they should know this is not just this is not a basketball movie. And obviously it's a story about relationships, just like all good movies are. But I mean, this is a seminal sports fashion statement like this is this created a whole new way of people dressing, living and obviously Jordan as well. And and again, I I, I don't denigrate when i say sports movie i hope you understand that as well because it's more than no 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 i I agree i agree but in that respect too a a great sign of a sports movie is the soliloquy the big moment um you know costner's had many of them in his career and you got one in this one i don't want to give it away too much but 
you got this is a bona fide real deal like want to hit through hit hit you through a wall type you know pacino moments yeah. every inches type thing here man and i'm wondering when you saw that in the script did that hit you when you saw that in in the script matt yeah i mean it did i thought it was a beautiful moment and and i but, but i was like well it's gotta you know if that doesn't work then we are we are sorely screwed if that thing doesn't work because right. that's the whole movie kind of leads up to that and what it actually really depends on more than more than my performance is is Michael Jordan, right? And people's own relationship with Michael Jordan because it's the moment before, you know, just when this decision is made. That's this. It's this moment, and then he goes on to become to really have this meaning that we that we talk about, and that you know that to put the meaning in the shoe, right? And 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 those shoes are meaningful because of him, not because of, you know what I mean? It's 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 really this once in a century athlete who kind of who just uh, captured our hearts, really. Everybody's yeah. every so much bigger than the game, you know? Yeah. I'm, I, you know, from Boston, this was in the 80s. I mean, the Celtics were everything up here. And, uh, you know, the Celtics-Lakers, that rivalry, and that was what basketball was, and our rivalry with Philly, with the 76ers and Dr. J, like, and this guy just came along and transcended. every. Everybody became a Michael Jordan fan. Well, everybody I guess you wanted could, you could also use the word wrecked it all. You know, I mean, you're a Celtic fan. I'm a Nick fan. You know, again, I, I showed my daughter. She's nine. I showed her a YouTube video of the top 100 moments of Michael. Somebody created a top 100 moments of Jordan's career. And truly one tenth of them was him ripping the Knicks heart and showing it to them pumping. And you could even include beating Ewing in that 84 national championship game. Oh, as my well. God. That's like, right. I, the number of times he stood in my way as a fan. Um, yeah. And I still For love sure. him. That's what you know yeah. what I mean. Like you can't hate him. There's no, there's no hating Jordan. You know, it's Howard White it turned out turned out to be it was friends with Chris Tucker. It turned out very okay. fortuitously. So Chris got all these stories. Chris spent a lot of time with Howard, and Howard told him one story that uh, Howard got really into cycling up in Portland. I guess he, he was an avid uh, bicyclist and invited Jordan on a on you know a twenty mile bike ride, and Jordan demurred, turned him down, and like a year later uh out of nowhere invited howard on a bike ride said, let's go let's go for a bike it's a 20 25 miles where you know and he absolutely smoked him on this bike ride and it turned out in true mj fashion he had put a bike in the training facility and for a year had added that to his regimen because if he was going to go biking with his friend he was damn sure gonna beat him yeah. and like that you know, I heard stories about that, about ping pong, about, you know, yeah, you want to play ping pong? No, no, thanks. A year later. Hey, how about that ping pong game? And he's been taking lessons. Right. And it's just it's he, he was an absolute killer, um, you know, and 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 it's what it's what made him it's what made him him. You know, I mean, it's just he was built differently. So, um, Matt, uh, before I let you go, it's uh, NCAA tournament time, big dance and all that. I know you're shooting a movie and you're promoting one at the same time. Did you fill out brackets? Do you fill out brackets? I didn't, you know, for I didn't do a bracket this year because I was so um, it's one of those things where I'm shoot, I'm in Boston right now and I'm shooting tonight. I get on a, a flight and sleep on the flight, yeah. land in L.A. and I work because <laughs> I'm doing press don't, tomorrow. don't worry, you didn't miss anything. Your bracket would have been destroyed to smithereens like the I heard. I mean, Americas all the number anyway. ones are out. 
Out. For the first time since 1979, no number ones made it to the Elite Eight. I mean, my bracket is – and I really haven't followed college basketball very much this year. Um, and it was like throwing darts, and my dart missed every single board. It was awful. What well, kind of always is. I mean, didn't, didn't Warren Buffett offer that thing about – was it yeah. 10 years ago or something? And like Perfect was, bracket? Yeah. The no. perfect bracket. And it was so genius because because everybody signed up for it because they were like, uh, you know, because he, he offered like a billion dollars or something. And, yeah, and if everybody I was, was out. The whole country was out in the first round. Like much. nobody even made it. Yeah. <laughs> it's crazy. So I can't imagine this year. I'm sure everyone's redoing their brackets. Yeah, my bracket was so bad, Matt. If I was in that, I would have to have paid Warren Buffett money. That's how bad my bracket <laughs> was. So don't don't. Well, worry. I think you did because I think he got everybody on some email list by doing that, like very cleverly. There you have um, it. There you have it. So, what's next for you and uh, and Ben? The the uh, a story about when uh, Brady uh, created the TB12 system or something like that, or like <laughs> first his first ever if avocado Tom smoothie. Do it, yeah, he's got our number. We'll do anything with Tom. Well, yeah, he's retired. Uh, no, you know, we started this company, this studio, and uh, and so Air is our first movie, and I'm up here shooting a, the second one, and and we've got this. Another sports movie, actually, uh, an incredible story about Anthony Robles, who's the uh, the college wrestler who was born with one leg, who um, who won the national title. I mean, that's another one where, you know, you know, that you, you know, the ending. And it is just an un, it's an amazing story. Um, and so that's going into production soon. Um, we're really excited about that one. Okay. So, yeah, we're 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 on the other side of the desk now um, trying to. <laughs> trying to be a little movie studio well uh first foray amazing it really is terrific man it, it was so much fun you just dove straight into the pop culture of the 80s as well um fun story fun cast fun script fun it, the whole thing was fun literally like i said lasted five minutes matt so congrats on that that's that's how well that's how we felt about it i you know we we, we really started the company in large part to make these movies that aren't getting made the movies that we love right and like this is this is that type of movie it feels more like a 90s movie um you know it's about the writing and the acting and and uh, um and the direction and it's not you know it's uh there's no nobody in spandex with capes and you know no worlds exploding it's just the good old-fashioned story so so that's what we're going to try to do because i do think people miss those movies and i know i do so we'll just we're, we, our whole thing is we got to make good movies or else we go out of business. So that's so that's a fun thing for us to focus on well it just see it just feels like as long as you don't get you know, all-time goats demanding uh, all-time goats portray his mother. Um, at least you were able to thread that needle, man. I mean, that's that's like a half-court shot. You hit it, you nailed it. Thank God for Viola, man. I yeah, we, but believe me, I, honestly, we 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 really weren't going to do the movie if she said no. We just we would have just said, well, would you like to do it next year? And we'll wait. And right, if you ever want to do the movie, we're here. We, you know, we'll be standing by because. Um, you know, it meant it was that meaningful to him. And, and so it was that meaningful to the project. It was great. Congrats, Matt. Um, I hope to see you again soon. I hope we can do this again in person at some point. Congrats on the movie. And uh, let's chat again soon, brother. Thanks, Rich. Good to see you, man. You got it. That's Matt Damon right here on the Rich Eisen Show. Everybody go see air April 5th in theaters. It's a fun ride. Enjoy it um, right here on the Rich Eisen Show. And my chat with Ben Affleck tomorrow and Sonny Vaccaro on Wednesday. And then the movie premieres on Wednesday. We're all over the movie. It's right up our alley. It should be. And I'm uh, giving my two enthusiastic thumbs up. It should be right up yours. We'll take a break and finish up this program. Set up the rest of the week and how we're covering the national championship game tomorrow. Right here on The Rich Eisen Show. 
Let's talk sleep number, people, because quality sleep is so essential. That's why the sleep number smart bed is dissolved for your ever-evolving sleep needs. And the same thing for your partner. So you can choose what's right for each of you whenever you like. Need a bed that's firmer or softer on either side? Helps you sleep at a comfortable temperature? Quiets your snores or your partner's? Sleep Number does that. My Sleep Number setting is 60. My wife's is 70. Ten numbers apart, but it truly is the world of difference. The Sleep Number sleep that you get is unbelievable. You will love it. J.D. Power ranks Sleep Number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in-store. And now you could save 50%. That's 50% on the Sleep Number Limited Edition Smart Bed for a limited time. For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com slash awards. Only at a Sleep Number store or sleepnumber.com. Check out our new NBA show, Beyond the Arc, part of the CBS Sports Podcast Network, where you can find me, John Gonzalez, NBA insider Bill Ryder, and Ashley Nicole Moss, five days a week talking all things NBA. Whether you're looking for insightful discussions, upbeat commentary, breaking news, interviews, or coverage of all the biggest stories in the NBA, our new show is the place to be five days a week. Download and follow Beyond the Arc on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, and wherever you get your favorite podcasts. Back here on the radio (laughs) side of things, we just played um, a... a clip from a previous program where Jeff Garland called into the show very upset <laughs> that uh, our Instagram account had Russell Wilson being acquired by the Bears. Jeff Garland, diehard Bears fan. By the way, uh, I think the way that everything's played out with Russell Wilson's career and that Justin Fields is there, perhaps that gets you off the hook. Maybe so. For the April Fool's joke that you played on everybody who follows us on Instagram. And mm-hmm. Jeff Garland was very angry about that. But see, what people don't know is, you know, Jeff Garland called you, what, a minute before the show started. Normally, you don't ever pick up your right. phone, but well, he was calling you, and you looked, and then you had this talk with him, and then you were like, yeah. oh, boy. <laughs> and I said, call in later. That was on an actual, we were on the air on an April 1st. Yeah. But folks don't know, uh, the TJ's undaunted. T- this I is what happens scared. when your Instagram account is run by a former producer of Punked. This is right up his alley. April Fool's is directly up T.J. Jefferson's alley. So I'm walking around on Saturday, uh, and my phone's blowing up from friends saying, Zeke to the Eagles? And I'm like, who's reporting that? And he goes, your, your Instagram site. Yeah, we are. <laughs> now, did you doctor up an Eagles nation? Did you doctor all this stuff up? Or? I didn't. What happened is my buddy Eric Weingrad, he's an Eagles fan, and he sends me a text message, and he goes, man, I can't believe this. This is crazy. And without any context, I'm like, what are you talking about? Then he sent me that picture, and he goes, I can't believe he really signed. And then he was like, oh, man, I'm an idiot. And I just saw it, and I laughed. I went, because I wasn't going to post oh. anything. Thing. Okay. I was just like, I'll let it go this year, and then that happened. I'm like, well, I got to post so this. So that, so you, so somebody else did it, and then you took it and threw it on our he, Instagram. He sent it to me, thinking oh, okay. it was real, okay. and I was like, oh, okay. Well, if it, well, this you got a bunch you. of people utilizing our hard earned reputation of mm-hmm. being straight up and honest. Well, we're also showing the people for well, the people. You know. So it, it, we, we weren't the only ones to traffic in this sort of thing. <laughs> nah. Victor Wembayana, the future first overall pick of this year's draft. You know how many teams have been tanking for this guy since day one, but not really tanking. <laughs> there was an incredible video of him over the weekend where he, this guy, he's 7'5", right? Isn't he 7'5"? He's five? like 7'14", seven seven I think. 7'4", 7'5", you know, with, you know, got a 120-inch uh, uh, reach With a phone on book, standing on a, a Parisian phone book. 
Um, <laughs> is so that a thick he, phone book? And he, he, he's dribbling but between the legs to try and get a defender who's in his face off him at a three-point line. Mm-hmm. And he gets, you know, he, he steps back, launches a three. It's short. He realizes it's short. And the reason why we know he realizes it's short is he follows it up and dunks in his own mess of a three-point yeah. shot. Yeah. That's how incredible yeah. he is. Amazing. I'm pretty <laughs> sure in all the hours of basketball well, I've seen him. Never he seen he had fun saying... Uh, you know, breaking Victor Wembayana will not <laughs> declare for the NBA draft. He will play another season for Metropolitan 92. He wrote back, yes, indeed. April Fools, all the way from France. 15.9 million views on that post. Wow. How about this one? Do you give your approval on this one? The XFL St. Louis uh, Battlehawks tweeting out. That following a vote from XFL owners, the Battlehawks have been officially approved to relocate to the greater Los Angeles area. Oh, wow. That St. Is... Louis is a city known for its incredibly hardworking, passionate, and proud people. Bringing the XFL back to St. Louis this year will go down as one of the proudest moments in our league's history. This move isn't about whether we love St. Louis or its fans, but rather about what is best for the Battlehawks organization. Is this too close to the bone or what? What do you think? Well, They're, by the way, very successful in St. Louis. Well, they apparently, this is like what the actual language was in the Rams right. yes. announcing their leading for oh, Los so they, Angeles. Oh, so they cut and pasted? They cut and pasted and then changed yeah. the appropriate Look, what do you think? Words. What do you think? Do you like it? Fantastic. Oh, I, you like it. I, look, I do I, like look, it. Look, I'm all for messing with people's emotions a little I bit. But like that, it. look, the Battlecats, they drew 38,000 fans They're in their real. first game. They're doing really well. So I don't know if I would have done that, man. <laughs> I think they're taking a shot at, at the Rams. Yeah, I know that, but yeah, but, but nobody would have playing seen. on the emotions of their. Yeah. I mean, uh, I don't know. I hashtag don't know. too soon. I mean, it's funny. Think? It is funny. It's not funny. <laughs> I mean, hey, look, the city of St. Louis got a, almost a billion dollars from Stan. I understand you know that. I mean, so I don't can, think they're still thinking we, about we that can cash. Make jokes. No. Wow, well, that, that was really good joke. Hashtag too soon. <laughs> Thanks to our guests today, Marquise Noel, Stacy Dales, George Kittle, and Matt Damon will be on Tuesday's show. Jay Billis will break down tonight's national championship game. We're back to wrap up on the Roku channel in a sec.